Okay, today's Wednesday, March 11th, 2020. Um, Monday was the 9th, which was two years to the day that my dad passed away from brain cancer. And on the 7th, which was Saturday, um, I started drifting because I linked up with one of my friends who um, I would say is still kind of in the world a little bit. He has a couple kinks to work out. I mean, as we all do, because none of us are perfect. But for me, you know, on my walk with Christ, um, any time that I wasn't close to Christ is when I just wasn't close to Christ. It's pretty much like common sense. Like once you stop staying in the word and stop staying close to him, then you drift and I did, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's just, there's so much going on in the world. It's really overwhelming. And I don't, I'm not that I was hopeless, but you try to kind of just get tired because there's times where you're like really, really, you know, on schedule, you know, with, as far as doing everything that you're supposed to do as an obedient Christian and you don't feel like you're getting a pat on the back. You don't feel rewarded. You don't feel like you're seeing um, any recognition that you're, you know, you're doing the right thing, you know, but you know, you're not doing the wrong thing. So I guess that is recognition in itself, but you can kind of get lost in it. And you can get burnt out. Like everybody gets burnt out on things in life. You know, you get burnt out eating the same food. If you're on a diet, you get burnt out being on a diet. You can get burnt out being on a strict exercise routine. Um, you could just get burnt out just doing repetitive things over and over and over again. Whatever it is, it, it could get old. And I don't want to say that about the word because the word is alive and, and there's always going to be something in there for you. But what I'm saying is like, you just get tired of the world, you know, and you want to go home. You want to go home and be with the Lord. You have heaven nightis, like you just want to be with God. And then you feel like when that doesn't happen, right? Like you're not raptured or you're not, you don't die and go home. You don't, the Lord doesn't take your soul while you're sleeping. You kind of feel let down. Like, why do I still have to be here? Right. So that's what I was going through. I'm like, gosh, you know, God, I'm doing everything that you want me to do. Like, why don't you just take me in a good moment? Because I don't want to keep sinning. I don't want to keep making mistakes. I don't want to leave my house and have to deal with the world. Because I know as soon as I walk out that front door, I'm going to make a mistake. At least when I'm, you know, in in the the safe haven of my apartment that I at least have some type of control because I I, can't, I don't have to let anybody from the world into my apartment, right? So I feel safe here because I don't have to let anybody in here. Nobody's going to knock on my door. Nobody's just going to pop up. You know, I don't want to jinx it because anything's possible. People do know where I live. But for the most part, everybody I know knows me and they know not to just pop up on me and they know I don't like that 
And um, I actually even seen a door mat that was hilarious to me. I actually wanted to buy it. And it just, the door mat says, did you call? Question mark. And that's me. <laughs> that like fits my personality so, so well. Because this is my safe haven. And I don't, this is my sanctuary. I don't want to be disturbed. This is by peace, you know? This is where I I can read the Bible and be alone with Jesus and study his word and just be in his presence, you know, a lot easier than when I'm in the world. And so, um, so yeah, actually, you know, this month, within the past three years, this month, I've probably spent the most time at home. Usually I work, you know, 10 to 12 hour days every single day. No days off. And this month I haven't done that. Like I just, I just can't do it. I'm just like completely pushed past my limit of wanting to exist. And I'm trying to find things that keep me grounded so to speak like I'm trying to find things to keep my interest here a little bit but nothing really does keep my interest for too long because I don't want to be here and I'm at the point where I'm never suicidal ever you know I would never do that but it's up to the Lord so I will always tell God like please take me now because I don't want to be here like the longer you leave me here, the more mistakes I'm going to make. And I don't want to make any more mistakes. I'm trying to perfect my walk. I'm trying to be perfect like my father in heaven is perfect. And I just keep failing. And it makes me more miserable that I can't be perfect. That I that I mean, we're actually living under a curse. I don't know for any of you out there who do not realize this, but... No matter what you do to have a perfect day, something beyond your control is going to take place to get you to not have a perfect day. And what do I mean by having a perfect day? I mean living out the teachings of Jesus completely, perfectly, meaning no judgment, no bitterness, no anger, you know. Just love and peace. Can you completely be peaceful and loving perfectly for one whole day? Meaning you can't get annoyed. You can't get irritated with people. You just have to be perfect, you know. And even at home, you can get into little spats online, like dropping comments and people commenting on your social media site. Or you get an email or something, something will trigger you, a phone call, something. Somehow it feels like the enemy is always able to slither his way into your life and cause havoc. And dealing with the enemy, dealing with Satan and his demonic fallen army, it is irritating. And it's very difficult to not respond in in a bad way because he gets under our skin. He's super irritating. He's he's the most irritating creature that's ever been created. He's he's the worst, you know. And I know we're not supposed to hate anybody, but I really do hate that that creation, that 
being, entity, whatever you want to call him. Um, he gets on my nerves to no end. Uh, he's super immature. And that's all I could say. Just anybody who's under, who's of their father, the devil, are also super irritating and immature. And I'm able to recognize people who are demonic because they're super greedy. It's all about dim, 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 dim. And um, even like when I'm out in the world, like I see it, like I see grown, I see older elderly people speed up just to cut me off. Like even if I have to ride away or whatever, like if it's, it's completely obvious that it's my turn to go next in traffic, I'll, I will see them speed and cut me off and ride somebody's bumper just to not let me go. And I don't, and I don't even fight with them. Like I just kind of like laugh a little bit because I just see how the enemy's working. Like I'm not laughing at them at all. You know, I'm just laughing at how the enemy is acting because the enemy's running out of time. The em the enemy is greedy. The enemy is selfish. These are all traits of the devil. And so I see that. I see it in these little nitpicky behaviors. Um, and you know, it's just the word of God is true. Like, you know, just relax, be calm, be loving, be peaceful. There's nothing to worry or stress about because we're secure with the Lord for eternity, you know, and you should just relax because Satan's time is running out. So he's panicking. That's what that is. That's a panicking, you know, and you could see it in all walk, walks of life now, like, not like, I shouldn't say all walks of life, but you should, you can see it in, in humanity right now, that panicking, even if they don't even realize why they're panicking, they're panicking, there's a panicking going on, you know, because their souls sense that it's the end of things, that time is running out. And people probably don't even know that, like, they think it's like little time. Like, I need to hurry up and get home. I got to get home. I got stuff to do. You know, I just need to get out of this traffic. I need to hurry up and get where I need to go. It's all about me. It's all about me. Get out of my way. Get out of my way. And I mean, everybody falls guilty of this. I actually was driving the other day and I stopped at the stop sign and then I started driving. But this was in front of, I forget. I think it was Target, but I don't know. But uh, it was in the shopping center. And you know how they had those white lines or whatever. But even the pedestrians, like, they don't care. Like, pedestrians, when they're walking, they don't care about any type of traffic. They don't care. Like, they completely do not obey any of the traffic guidelines. Like, if when they're walking, it, everybody, the whole world needs to stop for them. And they'll keep walking and walking, expecting you to slam on your brakes. But I didn't even see this lady. Like, I automatically did not see this lady. All I know is I stopped at the stop sign. And then I started, I didn't see anybody. I wouldn't have drove if I saw somebody, you know. Because if I'm at the stop sign, I'm going to wait for people to, to, to walk by or whatever. And there was some people that walked by or whatever. And that was it, you know. So I started driving or whatever, and she like started speed walking. And it's just like, I was already way like 
past the like going past the, the the white lines and she just starts speed walking and like no matter how fast you try to speed walk unless you're going to run in front of the car you're not going to make it in front of my car so she speed walks so she's all the way up to my passenger or to my driver's side door and then she just starts cussing me out and then that's when i noticed her like you know like whoa like where did she come from so i guess she just assumed that I don't know what people are thinking anymore. Like, honestly, like, it, it's irritating for me because I already know that it, the the enemies behind it and the, the enemy, these demons, are going to attack Christians. It doesn't matter how far away the Christian is. They see the light. They want to attack the light. So wherever the light is at, and, and these people, humans are blindly controlled by these demons. And I'm not exempt from it at all like um even though i'm not like you know on drugs or you know um a slave to any type of addictions like i've conquered all of that in jesus name um and the enemy is mad because of that that i'm not you know smoking weed anymore or doing drugs uh Satan wants you to sin. <laughs> like, that's the whole thing. Satan wants you to sin so he can go and tell God that you're a sinner and you don't deserve to go to heaven. Satan is so immature because he's not allowed to go back to heaven. He lost his place in heaven. And not only did he lose it, but a third of the angels that went with him lost it. So they're all upset that they're not allowed to be in heaven because they thought they stuffed ain't stink. They thought they was... They thought they was that deal. They thought they was, you know, they was perfect and almighty and they're all prideful and egotistical and they lost their ranking. They lost their, their home, you know, they were kicked out of their home, you know? So imagine if some, if, you know, you're coming home and you're being escorted off your property and you're not allowed to be there no more. Like the authorities are there they took you out of your home and, you know, you're, it's not like you're in jail or anything, but you're just not allowed to go back into your, to your home. And then you see other people that are lined up to go into your home and they're going to be allowed to go into your home or they're about to allowed to go in your property until your state, but you're not, you're not allowed. So you just see all these people gathering surrounding your estate and your property getting ready to go in there and live it up and enjoy all, all of your, all of the stuff that you had. And now you're going crazy. So you're just like attacking all these people, you know, and you're trying to be like, well, you're trying to tell the authorities like, Hey man, these people don't look, these people, these people are, are messed up like me. Like they're not perfect either. They're sinful. They make mistakes. Even though you're going around trying to make them make mistakes and you're able to trick them because you, you have more power and you're more intelligent to them so you can get them to make these mistakes. You know, and some people are running around doing everything you want them to do, you know, because maybe you you got kicked out because you did drugs. And so now you're getting all these people to do drugs, you know, and... But some people aren't doing drugs or some people aren't being bad and, and having bad behavior 
and they're allowed to come into where you were at. So that's kind of like how I look at it. And um, and so he's going crazy, you know, or it's going crazy, whatever Satan is, you know, and just going crazy because time's almost up. Like soon the authorities are going to completely kick him off the property and he he's not going to be able to be there. So um, sorry, I got a little bit of cold this morning. But um, anyway, so I had this dream and this dream. Um, I don't, I was somewhere and this guy popped up and I remembered who he was because in real life he disrespected me and, and violated. I let the really every time I let somebody move in to try to help somebody out, it always ends up bad. And it's just a warning to people like don't let people move into your house like because, you know, I mean, it's going to be hard to get rid of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, honestly. And uh, I, that's the problem I always run into. Like, I let people move in and I want to help them out or whatever. And they don't want to leave. Or they get comfortable because they think that's their home now, you know, and they don't want to leave. And when you want them to leave, that's when the problems occur, right? So this was like one of those situations. And throughout my life, every time that I let somebody move in, it always turned out bad when they had to leave. Except for maybe like, maybe a couple people. But nine out of ten, you know. So... Excuse me. So this was one of those situations. And another thing is sometimes you think you've forgiven people. Like, you're like, God, I forgive everybody who's ever wronged me. Please forgive me. You don't really know if you forgive them till you're around them. Because, like, the demons will pop up and remind you of all the things that they did and make you super irritable. So, like, it's just hard to be around them. So yeah, you just you need you need Jesus like every nanosecond of every day, like period. You just can't leave his presence because this this world is just too much to deal with. Demons are too much to deal with. Satan is too much to deal with. So I seen him in a dream, and I'm like, ah, okay. Um, okay, well, I do forgive him, Lord. You know, like I'm not worried. But then there was things going on that kind of irritated me, and I got super angry. And I was like, well, I have to forgive him because I'm a Christian. So I got to find a way to forgive him. So let me try to focus on something about him that is not so um, detestable. It's not, not so unlikable. There's got to be. I always feel like if they're breathing, if they're alive, there's a reason because God wants them here. You know, because I feel like if your time's up, you ran your course. You played the game, and now the game's over, and it's sufficient enough for God to judge you. You know, he's seen enough to where he can he can judge you. Whether you go or stay. And so, we might not see it that way here on earth because people die young, you know, but all death comes from the enemy, so... Um, you know, God is about life, so 
I, I feel like all death comes from the enemy. So, but you know, God, God is still in charge at the end of the day. So he allows, he allows it or he doesn't allow it. But, um, so I seen him and then there wasn't really much <laughs> like for me to, to go on, but I felt like in the dream, he, uh, when we had fell out, I, I heard that he, he went to Florida and I actually caught a flight down to Florida and I, on the plane, I sw swear that I was sitting like three or four seats behind him. And I just kept staring at this guy while I was on the plane. Like I was angry, you know, like I was so angry to where my thoughts got this guy to turn around in the seat and look directly at me because I was just thinking super demonic thoughts and it wasn't even him. And once he turned around, it was like, whew, like all those demons had to go because I knew it wasn't him and I knew I shouldn't be thinking that way towards like a stranger. But if it was him, I would have probably still had those thoughts and probably tried to attack him. And I was in the world at that time, you know, still worldly, worldly person. And I really didn't have Christ or really know, know him the way I know him now. And I didn't really know how to behave the way I know how to behave now. Like now there's no excuses. Like I really need to make sure that I have a, a grip on things, which leads me to what I'm going to say next. So anyways, I seen him in a dream. I was getting angry. And then, but I realized that he had, he was in Miami. So he was kind of talking like people in Miami talk a little bit. And so that was like the point for me to like give him a pass in the dream, like, eh, whatever, you know, I get it, you know? So in the dream, um, he was like trying to come stay with me again or whatever. And in the dream, I was with my, my wife that I was with at the time that he had came to come stay. And he was saying some crazy things too about my girl. Like he super disrespected and violated. He actually ended up, um, after I kicked him out, he actually came back and broke out her windshield. Yeah. So that caused some problems between me and her because she was like, why, why do you let this dude stay here? So he's super violated. Like I, I wanted to take his head off for sure. And uh, I was definitely going to fight him. Like, that was, there was no question in my mind. Like, when I seen him, it was on site. Like, he was definitely going to get the business. But like I said, that's when I was in the world. And I, I really, it's so hard to be a Christian. Like, just let me tell you that. Especially when you, you're used to living a certain way. You know, especially you're an eye for an eye, two for two type of person, which I definitely was. I was super retaliatory and, and vengeful. And so that it's that's this whole past year it's been really I could even say this past year it's only been like 4 or 5 months that I haven't been like retaliatory and vengeful and I've been on this Jesus path for a good three years now, you know, so it's a process. Plus all last year I was training MMA and stuff and that wasn't helping, um, trying to be a good Christian because if you're learning how to fight every day and you're fighting every day and you're sparring and hitting pads and kicking and punching and elbowing and knee and bags and practicing jujitsu, like you're just training to fight. So it was 
you know, detrimental that I got out of that atmosphere. And I really loved it because there was so many positive aspects for it, for me for it, because I was able to release all this negative energy and I was able to exhaust my body. And, you know, plus you're exercising and getting in shape, but that's never a bad thing, you know. And there's camaraderie there with, with, with your brothers. And, and so, you know, there was good aspects to it. But at the end of the day, I had to realize, like, what was really Christian about that. Because if Jesus turned the other cheek and he said, love thy neighbor, um, and I'm training how to hurt people. Well, when a real situation pops off, then I'm definitely not going to be doing the Jesus or Christ-like thing. I'm going to be doing something demonic, which is to try to hurt people. And I had two incidences pop off to where that proved that theory correct. Um, the first one, um, I uh, was attacked and I was able to get the upper hand and severely pretty much completely immobilize and and, and cap and cap capitate not and cast I, I can't think of the word but um somebody probably knows it but um I just was like immobilized this dude completely like destroyed him you know what I mean and it was a huge dude I mean and fighting, we would never fight, but there's way two different weight classes. He was like a heavyweight, and I always wrestled at 165 pounds. Um, now that I'm older, like I'm, I usually can drop about 20 pounds to get down to 185, but I I pretty much walk around 205, 210. But you know when you're training and and all that, you drop weight. So I, I know when I was training, I was able to get down to 185, and I was, like, really happy about that. But uh, now I'm a fat boy, so I'm probably, like, two 210 or something like that. But, I mean, really, this is, like, what I walk around at always kind of been a little chunky. But uh, anyway... um. So that happened, you know, and that was a complete stranger. And so it was easy for me to bring the wrath upon him and and really just fully exercise violence on him. But he had like three little kids with him and he was coming up begging for money. And I told him I didn't have it. And he just started cussing at me because I guess he was really desperate. And he demanded that I give it to him. And I just like, look, man, I don't carry cash on me. And I guess he wanted me to, like, go to an ATM or something. Like, I mean, it was pretty much like he was trying to rob me at that point, you know. And he was like, you're in this car, you're on the phone. Like, so I get that he didn't have a car or phone. He was walking. He was probably homeless in the street with his kids. And he was near, like, the YMCA because this was, like, on Spring and High Street near Haveli Bistro. And, um... He was a big boy. I mean, this dude was probably like 350 or something. I mean, he was a big guy, you know, like twice my my weight, you know, probably way bigger. I think he's probably like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, something like that. I'm like 5'10", five, 5'11", five, with shoes, so um, I'm a little guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
<laughs> so, but, you know, I'm honoring. I really don't submit. So, um, that's the hard-headedness and stubbornness of me. But, yeah, so he um, started attacking, you know, verbally attacking me first. And then, then he actually started attacking me and hitting me. And so... I just gave them the business, you know what I'm saying? And I told people about it, and they were like, you know, I got the gym because I ended up breaking my hand on his head. And, you know, some people were like, yeah, that's good. That's why we train, you know, so we're prepared to deal with things like that. And I just didn't, it didn't sit well with me and my spirit because I know the word of the Lord. I actually felt really horrible about that situation. So anyways, the next situation popped off like a month later. Um, one of my friends was actually a good friend of mine, uh, that I, act well, I wouldn't say good friend, but I'm, I've known him for about a couple of years and we, we've grown close or whatever. And he's an older dude and he's definitely not, um, um, a street guy by any means. Like he's definitely a dude that would probably call the cops on you or something like that. Like he's like, uh, blue collar guy, you know, he made like a lot of money, like 15 grand a month. I think he was pulling in, um, and lived in the suburbs and, you know, not somebody I normally would ever be friends with because I, you know, from the hood and I just grew up around poverty, you know, so I never really met anybody like that. So it was an experience for me to try to learn his trade because he was in finance and try, you know, he's trying to teach me about financials and things that I definitely need to know, you know, especially my age in life, things I never learned, you know? And, um, so I was just trying to soak up the knowledge and hopefully he learned what I could learn so I could start doing and fair, faring well, faring off better in life or whatever. But, um, that dude had vices, you know, and he was trying to use me to get him drugs and be like a drug mule for him. And he was basically using me so he could get things off of the street. And I wasn't trying to live that life. I was trying to be a Christian and live a good life and, and live life the right way. And I thought by being friends with this guy that that would help me to walk a better path and not be in the streets because when you're in the streets, it's extremely hard to get out of it because all you know is what you know. And considering that I used to be a drug dealer and lived that street life, that uh, it was easy to fall back into it. But I was super irritated with this dude because I'm trying to live the life that he's living and he's trying to live the life that I'm living. And that's what happened. Exactly. So this dude popped up. In the middle of the night, one night, I was on melatonin, like, super knocked out. Cause I was trying to wake up early. So I had to take these melatonin pills so I can get to bed. And this dude was vandalizing my car. And I opened the door, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Because I was, like, sleepwalking. I was, like, out of it. And next thing I know, his hand is on my throat. And he punched me one time. As soon as I opened the door, he punched me. That kind of like woke me up and then he started choking me. And I'm like, what the, f like, what is going on? And um, I could have stabbed him. I could have murdered him. I could have jammed his knife into his eye socket, into his throat, into his heart. Um, I could have killed him. And I, and I was thinking about it. 
And I was thinking about how bad I felt with the previous incident, attacking this guy, the stranger in front of his kids, you know, leaving them bleeding in front of his kids. And um, this dude was no competition, could have destroyed him easily. He's not a fighter, you know, he's just a lanky, tall, lanky, uh, Caucasian dude. And um, I just heard Jesus in my head, you know, and he was just like, you know, if you do this, you will get arrested. You will go to jail because it will be murder. It doesn't matter that he's in your house attacking you or not. And you don't have anybody. You don't have anybody that's going to bail you out of jail. You can't call one person that's going to bail you out of jail. You don't have money for an attorney. So what's going to happen is you'll murder him. You'll go to jail. You'll lose everything because you're not going to be able to pay your bills. And you're going to sit there and fight that case in jail for a couple of years. And you might beat the case with a public defender and get involuntary manslaughter. But you're still going to do some time. You're still going to be, you won't be living life the way you're living it now. You will be locked up for for the next handful of years. And I was thinking like eight years or something like that, you know, three to eight years. that I'd probably get locked up for, for killing this dude. So it really wasn't worth it, honestly, you know. But the mentality I was in, and then I, I I seen how to didn't, I seen everything like my life kind of like they had to say your life flashes before your eyes. This is all why this dude's choking me and I can't breathe. And I know he's yelling stuff. I really can't hear it because it's like your hearing goes like everything kind of goes, you know, like when you're dying. I don't know if I was dying. I don't know if it was the melatonin. I don't know what was going on, but it was so it was like a sleep. It was like a bad dream, you know, and. But I knew I could have stabbed this guy, right? And um, yeah, I had a knife on me. So when I opened the door, but um, I just started rebuking the the demon. You know, I just started. I don't know. I don't even know how I started to think like that. But I was just like. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Like, Jesus, please deliver this man from evil. And then I just kept praying. And then finally, his his eyes was, like, dark. And then his eyes just went back to normal. And he's just like, what happened? What's going on? And last time I remember somebody doing that was Busy Bone. Because Busy Bone would get demonically possessed. And he wouldn't know at all what had happened. I got busy, came to my house one time, grabbed a knife out of my drawer. He was looking for a gun and I wouldn't give him a gun. So he grabbed a knife and he ran out of my house. He was going to go stab somebody in my neighborhood. And I'm like, I had to chase him down the street and talk him out of stabbing this guy. And by the time I got down to the street and when he was about to stab this dude, and I start talking to him like B, B, Brian, 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 Brian. Like he was just like he came out, he was him again. And then he just started having a normal conversation with this guy. Like they were f- like being friendly. And I was it was the weirdest thing because Busy wanted to murder this dude. He was about to murder him. And 
You know, that's one thing, too, when I was demonically possessed, because I was demonically possessed in North Carolina. The only thing that got me to come back into my body, to get the demon out of my body, was my friend saying my name over and over again. He just kept repeating my name over and over again. And then I finally got came back into my body. And what I remember is I could see my body. I could see me doing stuff. But it was like I was in the back seat. So like how you are now where you can see your hands and look and talk and you know that you're in your body. When you're demonically possessed, it's kind of like you fall back and you can see you doing this stuff. You don't see what's controlling your body. You just see that your body, you're, you're, you're watching everything going on, but not all the time. Like it's almost like it's almost like you're sleeping and somebody's to controlling your body. So periodically you can come back in and, and see what your body's doing, but you're free of your body. So you can go like in a dream, like you can go over here and go over there, but somebody's running around in your body. So you're loosely attentive. You're not fully aware at all of what's going on. Actually, um, I would say you're probably maybe about 1% aware of what's going on. Like you're super loosely attentive. Like you don't, it's like here and there, like maybe five minutes later you come back and you check on your body. And now like, that's how I remembered it when I was demonically possessed. So I could imagine what they, what they're going through. Like it's a demon that's in them. That's controlling them. And so, yeah, like with the busy bone situation, you know, he pointed up the street about to murder this guy and I'm trying to chase him and get him to stop. And I kept calling his name, calling his cane, calling his name. By the time I got up to him, they were having a conversation about busy being in Bone Thugs and Harmony and that this this video just came out. This music video came out called I Tried and Busy wasn't in it. And then there was a movie that was coming out called I Tried and, and Busy wasn't in that. And this guy was just a fan. So I guess that's why he was looking at Busy. But see, when you're famous, like, you don't know why people are looking at you all the time. Like, I'm definitely not famous, but I got a commercial that's been on TV for a couple of years. And I promise you, anywhere I go, there's always somebody that's staring at me. And I can't stand it. It, it makes me so angry, even to this day. It makes me so mad to be have people gawking and looking at me. And all I got is a commercial on TV. But they probably air that commercial so much that people have seen it so much over the past couple of years. You know, people watch commercials. They don't think that these are local actors. They probably just think it's like some actor in California. And so they don't know how they know you. So the whole reason they're staring at you is because they know they recognize your face. But they just don't know from what until you connect it. Like I was at the jewelry store the other day, not for like I got money. I just I found a diamond on my dad's birthday. I found a diamond. I was cleaning out my car and I just looked over outside of my car, you know, because people clean their cars out, at, you know, all the time. So I was at the car wash and I just looked on the ground. I just seen something shining. And normally, even if I'd seen something like that, I would never pick it up because I would automatically think it's a cubic zirconia or it's just fake jewelry. Like I would just, 
I just don't even bother with it. But since it was the ninth, it was Monday, and it was two years after my dad died, I bent down and grabbed it. It just made me think of my dad for some reason. And I'm like, oh, man, because I'm struggling with bills. Like, I'm super broke right now. And I'm like, man, could this be a diamond for my dad? And I'm like, why not? Let me take it to the diamond seller and see if I can see if it's worth any money. And I'm like, maybe it is for my dad. Maybe he's blessing me so I could pay some of my bills. But <laughs> knowing my luck, it probably isn't real. And sure enough, I was right. It wasn't real. It was fake. So I don't even care, man. I have no luck in this life. This has just been a horrible existence for me. And everything that can go wrong usually does go wrong. Well, I don't want to say that, but pretty close to it. As far as financially, you know, I'm in, I'm in pretty good health. But, you know, there are days where you're under the weather. So, um... But when I was there, you know, this lady was just like looking at me or whatever. And she's like, you look so familiar. And then I was like, yeah, I don't know you. But, you know, if you watch TV, um, I got a commercial. I don't know if they're still. I've, I saw this commercial like once or twice when it first came out. And one time my dad was watching TV when he had brain cancer and my brothers were over here and it, the, the commercial came on when I was around all my family. So it was my dad, my brother Gino and Nick. And the commercial came on. They were like, hey, Jay. They call me Jay because my name is Jupiter. But everybody knows I hate that name. Like, So if my family doesn't call me Jupiter, you know nobody in real life really called me Jupiter because I just don't respond to it. And some people think it's a cool name, but a lot of people try to make fun of me. You know, like, Jay Juniper. I'm like, no, it's not Juniper. It's Jupiter, like the planet. And it's not pronounced that. It's pronounced Hoopiter. And my aunt calls me Yuppie. Aw, Yuppie. That's what she says. But... I don't go by that. Like, I really just go by the last five letters of my whole name. My last name is Arreda de Leon. So the last five letters are E-L-E-O-N. Ileon. Ileon. But I say Ileon like I-L-L-E-O-N. Ileon. I don't spell it that way. I spell it A-E-I-L-E-O-N. Because I didn't like ill being associated. But I do pronounce it Ileon. And I don't know. I've been going like going by that name since I was like 16. You know, and I'm 41. So when you got 20 plus years going by a certain name, it's kind of your name, you know. A lot of people call me Illy, though, you know, but I don't have a lot of friends. So the friends I do have, they say Ilion. Uh, I think when they try to mess with me, they say Ilion, and I hate that, too. As you can see, I'm like OCD about stuff. But anyway, it is what it is. Uh, so this dream, this guy was in it. He wanted to move in. I didn't want him to, but I think he had to. And he was trying to go get some money. So I'm like, I'm about to follow him because he still owe me bread for uh, breaking the window. And so I was following him. Somebody was following me in the dream. I was telling him lay back, lay off me because I'm trying to spy on this dude, find out where he's going. 
And I found out where he was going. I seen he was looking for some money that somebody owed him because he was in Ohio again. So I don't know if that's for real. Like, this dude's back from Florida, and he's back in Ohio again, and I'm actually going to run into him because sometimes dreams are like warnings. Um, but I told him, like, look, man, you violated, so you owe me some bread, and if you want to make things right, then you're going to pay what you owe. And even if it's in payments, you got to make that, you got to correct that mistake because you owe me some bread. And he, and I'm like, but I'm cool with you. You can, st- like, I, I really have no grudges with you. I understand what it was. And that's part of the life. Like, you have to understand when people do bad stuff, usually they're under demonic thinking. They're not thinking correctly. So you kind of have to give them a pass, especially if they are willing to change, you know, now people who are like, F you, whatever, I did you dirty and what, then just don't mess with them, you know, like I give it to God, let God take care of it and God will, you know, because we are to repent and we are to change our ways. So if they're not willing to change your ways and start, start again new on a good foot, a good foot, then, you know, pray for them and keep it moving. But he seemed like he was he was cool with it. So we squashed the beef. And then somehow I was chilling with Jorge Masvidal from the UFC. And I was in Miami and he was, they were talking about some, I guess he was making a video game. I don't know what that was about, but he was making a video game and it was kind of like um, a Red Dead Redemption mixed with Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Excuse me, a game like that or whatever. And then, um, I don't know, he was like, yo, man, you pretty cool or whatever. You know, you seem like good peoples. And we were kind of like friends, I guess. But then I kind of realized, like, he wasn't really somebody who was like, like a real friend type of dude. It was just like, eh, yeah, you know, you're cool or whatever. But he kind of seemed selfish and a little bit only focused on himself and like, kind of like you kind of had to had to be all about him if you really wanted to be friends with him like it had to be on his time and what he wanted but I mean he was cool he was a cool dude but it just kind of seemed like if you ain't moving he move you get left type of thing you know what I'm saying and I've never been that type of dude <laughs> like I don't move when you move I move when I move but no I'm I am a good dude like that like I will do that, but I don't do it for long. You know what I mean? I'm, I might sacrifice some time out of my life for you, but I'm not going to do sacrifice my whole life for you. That's for Jesus only. So, uh, so that happened in a dream. Like, we were at the gym and then they took off, and like, I guess I didn't leave when they left. So I had caught up. A couple times in the dream, I had to keep catching up with them later. And then right at the end of the dream, like before we were leaving wherever we was at, because I rode with them. It seemed like I was riding with them. That's why I had to leave when they left and move when they moved. Um, They started to leave without me. So I had to hurry. And I was in the gym. And some lady was in there. I guess she owned the gym or she, she was had some type of leadership or management at the gym. And she was like, yeah, these guys come in here and I know they got money and they popping bottles and they doing this and doing that. And she said something about the rapture twice. Like that's kind of what got my attention. 
And she was like, something, something about the rapture, something about the rapture. Like, I guess people were celebrating that the rapture was about to happen. So they were like pre-celebratory. Like, yeah, finally, all these people will be out of our hair. And she was saying something about that. But then I looked out the window and I seen Jorge was like driving this tow truck or something or some type of truck. And it was him and his manager in the front seat. His manager was in the dream everywhere. It was like this heavy set dude. And um, he was like everywhere in the dream. And then I was talking to Jorge about like wireless energy. And he was like, man, I was trying to look it up on my phone. And he was like, man, show me that because this could help out a lot of people. And I was like, something about 10,000 volts or amps or something. I was trying to tell him about how it worked. And he was like, because I showed him like this video and he was like, oh, it's a battery. I'm like, no, nah, everybody thinks it's a battery, but it's just running off of Wi-Fi energy. It's Wi-Fi. It's wireless, wireless electricity. And I'm like, this is a real thing. He's like, man, that'll help out so many people. Like, I know a lot of people this will help out right now. Get that information and we could try to help them. So I was trying to do that too in the dream or whatever. And then somehow, like, I handed his manager my phone. His manager was going through my phone, like, looking at all these pictures. And then there was, like, pictures on there of, like, another time where me and Jorge was kicking it, like, at a party or something. It seemed like I had kind of like a history with hanging out with Jorge in the dream, which was kind of weird because I don't even know this dude in real life. You know what I'm saying? Like I follow him on Instagram or whatever. But uh, I've never met him in real life or anything. But in the dream, it's like he was my brother. Like we was good friends, you know. So anyways, he was leaving at the end of the dream and like I... Uh, some dude was in the back too and I'm like dang y'all just about to bang out with me and he's like man he ain't think about you you know he had to go he's like you know and he, Jorge never looked back once like when he was driving the truck he didn't even like when I got on there he didn't even know I was on there so he really was he banged out not even thinking like I'm supposed to bring this dude with me or whatever so I don't know like I woke up thinking like man I need to stay super close to the Lord. I'm going to get left behind. You know, like if I do make make the rapture, it's by the skin of my teeth because you have to be 100% focused on the Lord. And it's not like I'm trying to drift away at all. It's just that people, people will pull you back. Just like some people have addictions and they backslide and go back to shooting heroin or smoking meth or um, I was about to say sniffing crack, but... I mean, sniffing coke or smoking crack or weed or whatever it is, you're supposed to be sober-minded, right? So that includes weed, because there will be people endlessly debating you on this. And I was one of those dudes, like, I was the weed-smoking Christian, you know? Like, I remember when I was really young, and I sold drugs, like, I was selling weed to Christians at World Harvest Church. And they were like, yeah, man, we like to get high before we go praise Jesus, and I thought it was the weirdest thing. And I was like 16, 17 years old at the time. And I'm like, man, these these Christians are weird. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't like, you know, I, I said that prayer and gave my life to Jesus when I was a little kid. 
I didn't know nothing about it, though. Like, I didn't know anything about it. And even when I got baptized, you know, I did come to Christ a little bit more at the time. I was trying to clean up my life, but then I, you know, I backslid again. And I backslid for years, you know. It wasn't just, like, backslide for, like, like, I was about to say an hour, but, you know, backslide for a little bit of time. I backslid for, like, years, (laughs) you know, like, a long time. So now over the years, you realize the backsliding is shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And eventually, probably not at all is what I'm hoping for because I'm running on pretty good streaks right now. I'm actually doing the best I've ever done. Like I haven't, I, I definitely am not watching pornography or masturbating as much as I used to. And I'm not smoking weed and sniffing coke at all or I'm not doing any of the worldly things that I did a lot of, you know, in the past. So, and I'm just being transparent here. Like a lot of people who don't just come right out and tell you what they're struggling with, but I'm confident because I know that I'm not doing that stuff. So I don't, it doesn't bother me because I'm not actually doing it. Now, I think if you were doing it, you probably are not going to be broadcasting it like that and telling people like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing this and doing that. You never know, though. There are people out there who are super, you know, like just blatant about things like that because, um, you know, I'm like a taxi driver, so I'm around all kinds of worldly people all the time. But I actually have stopped that a lot. I haven't been around it a lot now because the thing is being around people, they got their demons, so they can definitely influence you. Some people got a lot of demons. So that's what my whole point of this, this message was. You may have kicked the habit. You may have stopped watching pornography. You may have stopped doing drugs. You may have stopped doing this X, Y, and Z, but don't get it twisted. You can go around somebody and it can come all back like a ton of bricks and that's how quick you can lose your, lose your, I don't want to say lose your salvation, but that's how quick you could backslide again, you know? And just by hanging around my friend yesterday, I was getting all these crazy thoughts, right? And then when I was hanging out with him and his cousin on, on Saturday, you know, I didn't even work. Like I've just been backsliding. It's just been bad. Like it's not good for me to hang around with people and if it's if you're really trying to correct your walk with Christ, I suggest you do the same. And I think the Lord will provide a way for you to have that escape. And if not, armor up, you know, like start your day off. Let's do it right now. Uh, dear Lord, uh, we come to you today in Jesus name. You said when two or more are gathered in your name that you are present. We just ask that you go before us and protect us, strengthen us restore us, heal us, and um, put your full armor on us, starting with the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet equipped with the readiness and peace, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit. Please uh, forgive us as we forgive all those who trespass against us. Please lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the glory forever, ever. Amen. So, yeah, that was kind of a combination of things there. So, look, I'm not like an expert at praying. (laughs) I'm like still new to a lot of this, but God knows what I mean. Like, so we just got to stay on it. You know, nobody's perfect here. We need Jesus. He's the life raft. And. 
We have to stay close, stay in the word, keep short accounts of the Lord. I'm constantly asking him for forgiveness for, you know, messed up thoughts and profanity and just for being me because I'm a mess. Like, I'm completely disgusted with myself. My whole existence here has been crap and I just can't wait to be delivered of this life to have a new body to be able to have a new beginning with the Lord and a perfect heaven. And I was just ready to, to just get rid of this dirty laundry. Like I, I want to be cleaned. I want to be purified and sanctified and renewed and only Christ can do that. And I'm just so grateful for him. I love God and Jesus. And I just, I'm so thankful that we have a chance to, that we'll, that we'll have a second chance, you know, and, that, you know, I'm just grateful that he died for our sins. Like it tears me up when I think about what he had to go through for us. But I'm thankful because without that, we wouldn't be able to make it into heaven. So I just am eternally grateful and I will proudly bow down and put my face in the floor and worship the Lord for eternity. I'm so grateful. And we will do that because we will be very cognitive of those who didn't make it to heaven. Like that's not going to leave us. I think people in heaven will be very aware of the uh, people in hell and the people in hell will be very aware of the people in heaven. And um, so I definitely want to be with, with the Lord and I want to do the right thing and I want to be obedient to him and nothing here is worth going to hell. Uh, fornicating, having sex before marriage, that's not worth going to hell. Uh, none of these temptations, these, you know, fame is fleeting. That's one thing I felt like I needed to tell Jorge Masvidal. Fame is fleeting. It's not worth it. Nothing here is worth it. Like, whatever you're working on, if you're developing a new video game or a new brand or cologne or liquor or clothing line or whatever you're doing here, none of that, nothing here is is more important than learning and implementing the teachings of Jesus and staying close to Jesus. He is perfect. He is perfection. He is the way out of this mess. He is the key out of the prison, you know, and I can hear the birds outside my window. So I feel like that's confirmation. They praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. Please forgive me of all my sins, Lord. Please stay close to me. Please don't leave me behind. Please help me to make the rapture. And just please stay close to me, Lord. Please help me. Just take control. Do whatever you do, whatever it takes to keep me from sinning and backsliding. Do whatever it takes so that I can make the rapture and be at home in heaven with you for eternity. Amen in Jesus' name. And this is just the way I talk to God, and I mean it. I don't want to be here. I don't want to backslide. I don't want to take a chance. Like I want to make it to heaven. I want to get out of here. I don't want to be here. There's nothing here that's worth it. You know, man will let you down every time that the new girlfriend is going to let you down. The new boyfriend is going to let you down. Your new friend is going to let you down. Your family's going to let you down. God is not going to let you down. He operates on his time. So you do have to be patient, but know that he's working. He is always working. And the best thing that you could do is keep the temple holy. Keep your body holy and purified and sanctified. Do not corrupt it, you know. Try to just eat fruits, vegetables, and drink water. Like, 
try not to contribute to the the killing of innocent life on this planet, you know. Um, don't get in debates. Don't argue with God. Don't think that you know. You don't know. God knows. God created life. He wants us to live. He wants all life to live. So I love y'all. Be blessed. Stay prayed up. Stay close to Jesus. All right.